Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's going to be a tad different for a Sunday morning. I may just teach. Uh, that's still one of the fivefold ministry, right? And so, uh, who knows, I might preach. Or it might just blow up into a preach. I don't know. But this song that we sung about victory in the name of Jesus talks about nations. And I believe that you and I are poised to see the end time outpouring. We're seeing little trickles of it right now, but I, I, I don't believe that we have any of us seen what God has in store. And he's first positioning the church and getting us ready. Yes, he is. We're pregnant with promise. We're pregnant with prophecy. And we're nine months. And uh, we're trying to get the baby's room put together. In other words, there's great anticipation. If you don't anticipate it, then your sensory is numb. And so today, I believe the Lord is coming to us to help us. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Our whole motive for being here today is to be acceptable to God. It's not to please people. It's not to be checked off the attendance list. It's not to feel good about ourselves. It's about saying, God, I am here to offer myself to you, and I want to please you. That's what Christianity is boiled down to. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. And um, we'll just launch into it. The resistance of conformity and the process of transformation are a result of presenting our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. How do we... Do that. How do we present ourselves a living sacrifice? Well, there are many ways, but the core ways that I would like to focus on today is through prayer and the Word of God. Prayer and the Word of God. It's not enough to have a wife that prays, or a husband that prays, or a grandma that prays, or a friend that prays, or a Somebody that sits in my row that knows how to get a hold of God. I have to have a prayer life of my own. I personally have to be in the Word of God to take this old thinking and begin to reverse it. Amen. Part of walking with God is not so much what we learn, but it's what we unlearn. It's not one or the other, it's both. Amen. We have to lay aside things and we have to add things. And so we do this through prayer and through the study of the word. Amen. Not just the preaching of the word. That's great. It's great that we've assembled here today to hear somebody expound on the word. But we have to dig into the word on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it is, and have a relationship with the Lord and his word. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, 
Conversation there means your old life, your old lifestyle, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. We are some corrupt people by nature. But the good news is this. We are to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Everyone say spirit of your mind. Many of us, when we think of our mind, we think of this calculated, logical, knowledge uh, bank. But there's a spirit of our mind. It's not just the collection of knowledge, but it is what we feast on, what our mind feeds on, and what our mind produces. That you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I thought that's amazing that it's listed like this. It's referred to as true holiness. That must mean there's a false holiness. There's something that appears holy, but it's not really holy. But there is a true holiness, and it deals with the spirit of the mind. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil, do you see that the spirit of the mind has some guardrails? Amen. We put away lying, our former life, our, our attitudes, our thoughts, our deception, our deceitfulness, and we speak truth to our neighbor, and we are who we are. We're not, we're not who we want people to think we are. We really just are who we are. Amen. And so, uh, I submit to us that this is not a reference to knowledge alone, but rather a reference to attitudes and thoughts and desires that equal the spirit of the mind. Spirit equals life. In this case, the life of the mind must be renewed by prayer and the word. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, or this type of mind. I referred to this Wednesday night, that we cannot just come in here and feel remorse and shame and conviction for our sin and walk out of the doors of the church house and nothing really changed. That's not change. That's not, that's not being renewed in the spirit of our mind. That's just feeling a little conviction for stuff we know we violated the word. But when we leave here, we think that just a few tears uh, has taken care of the problem. But the Lord says, no, I want a mind to be in you. I want Christ's mind to be in you. If Jesus was God, why did he need to pray? If Jesus was God, why did he need to pray? Because he was God manifest in flesh. Everyone say flesh. That's why he needed to pray. Jesus needed to pray. Why? Not because he wasn't God in flesh, but that he was God in flesh. Flesh always needs to be crucified. Flesh always needs to be disciplined. Flesh always needs to be crucified and changed because our flesh is sentenced to death. Flesh is dying. Why? It's under the penalty of sin. Jesus had to continually keep his mind, his carnal and fleshly mind, submitted to the Spirit. It's no different for us. He said, let this mind be in you. Jesus had to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of the Spirit. Sometimes I think we think that Jesus was just this 
you know, this make-believe character, this superhero that, that didn't have these temptations, but the Bible says he was tempted in all points like you and I, yet without sin. Why? Because he had his mind in subjection to the Spirit. Flesh is dying. Our minds must come under the control, the dominion, so that we can be in fellowship with Christ and please God. I live and exist to please God. I submit that this renewing of your mind is not an event, but rather a continual process achieved by prayer and the Word. You don't just pull into the shop and get a new mind. Boy, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Woo! Take this old carnal bucket of thoughts and human spirit and old nasty thoughts and ways and tendencies and habits and hang-ups and all the junk that we have to battle through. Just go ahead and put the mind of Jesus in me and get it over with. Doesn't happen that way. It happens on Monday when you're forced to face a decision and make a choice. And you're either going to make the choice that the flesh wants to make or you're going to submit and say, no, not what I want, but your will be done right now. Not what this flesh is craving, but what is the Spirit saying? That's how we get and achieve a renewed mind. It is not an event. It is a continual process, praying the Word until it becomes one with us. I'm going to narrow our focus a little bit to three areas that I believe God has put on my heart. And, and um, a few years ago, I don't know if you remember, uh, some of these things are etched in our mind, but there was a, a tragic earthquake in Italy. Do you remember that, that killed hundreds of people? It was an earthquake, and um, several hundred people died. And uh, geophysicists are using a word to help them describe these powerful shifts on the Earth's surface. They're called megathrusts. Everyone say megathrusts. I'm not a scientist, all right? Uh, But I do understand that these earthquakes are interesting. And I believe that as Jesus taught and used nature to bring about spiritual truths. Today, we, we need to be aware of the things. The Bible said there will be signs in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. So there are signs and there are typologies and there are things that we can learn. And uh, I want us to consider this mega thrust. Uh, and if you really can jog your memory a little bit, does anyone remember around Christmas time, 2004, there was a, a horrific earthquake slash tsunami that hit Indonesia. Do you remember that? Just raise your hand if you do. I thought, boy, there you go. See what an impact. We're talking, what, 16, 18 years ago. And we can remember an event so powerful that it left an impression on us. I've got a short clip I want to show. Uh, about this um, earthquake slash tsunami and, and, and tie it into this mega thrust concept, if we can. 26th of December, 2004, a date etched in our memory. It was on this day that the world woke up to one of the deadliest natural disasters in recorded history. The Japanese term tsunami, which few people outside the scientific community were familiar with, became a part of our everyday conversation. Few other natural calamities have disrupted day-to-day life and claimed so many people as the tsunami of 2004. Here's a look at what unfolded on that fateful morning 15 years ago, the impact of which resonates even on this day. It was 7.28 a.m. local time in Indonesia. 
when the first tremors were felt. Indonesia, situated along the Ring of Fire, is prone to earthquakes. Notice so the terminology, no tremors. But this was no ordinary earthquake. Tourists from around the world had gathered for their year-end holidays and had no idea of what awaited them. Minutes after the quake made the earth tremble, wave after wave of ocean water swept over the beaches and deep into the holiday resorts. The world watched in horror and was introduced to the word tsunami. Those who witnessed it and lived to tell the tale described the waves as being over a hundred feet high. It was unlike anything the world had seen before. After the Christmas Day celebrations, people were resting in their hotel rooms and resorts. The rising waters of the ocean entered several kilometers deep into the land, sweeping everything away along with it. Many people were sucked into the ocean as the tsunami waves retreated, wreaking havoc, death and devastation. The seismic indicators measured the quake to be 9.1 on the Richter scale. The emergency responders pressed the panic button. So what had triggered the tsunami waves? It was the earthquake. The third most powerful earthquake in recorded history. Giant forces building up inside the surface of the earth for hundreds of years were suddenly released on the 26th of December 2004. The Burma Plate and the Indian Plate had ruptured along the fault line. The energy released from the quake has been estimated to be equal to 23,000 Hiroshima atom bombs detonated at once. The earthquake itself would have had devastating consequences. But the situation was complicated with the epicenter of the quake being inside the ocean floor. The quake had displaced a huge amount of ocean water and it was this water that flooded coastlines along the Indian Ocean. Indonesia being next to the epicenter was the worst hit. There were no tsunami warning systems in place. By the time the waves stopped, over 230,000 people were killed. Over 150,000 have still not been accounted for. From Indonesia, to Myanmar, to Bangladesh, to Australia, to the eastern shores of Africa, the tsunami waves had claimed lives. Over 15,000 people lost their lives along the eastern coast of India and many islands on the Andaman and... Well, it's not finished, but maybe we're finished. I, I don't know if you picked up on some of the terminology, but uh, tremors the first thing that were felt, not the massive earthquake or the tsunami wave. Imagine a wall of water 100 feet coming with no resistance. Mega thrust, a mega thrust. This happened in the floor of the ocean, and it happened without anyone really being able to see what was happening. I thought it was powerful that it said that this energy had been, and this pressure had been building up for nearly two centuries and was released in a single moment. Pressure, energy, released in a single moment that had been building up for over two to three hundred years. This is powerful. Amen. This Asian tsunami was equivalent to uh, 0.25 gigatons. I don't understand how much that is, but it's a lot. 250 times the amount of uh, energy released on Hiroshima at one time. It was huge. It caused the earth, listen to this, wobble, to wobble on its axis by up to an inch. You say, well, what's the big deal? We're talking the earth. That's the big deal. Anything that can move this globe an inch off of its axis is a major event. It changed local geography. 
It shifted islands by inches or feet, and it made a significant impact on the topography of the seabed. Now, that's an amazing event. It's an amazing event. Amen. I don't know that we understand it. It affected continents, not just a nation. And so uh, here we are today, sitting here 15, 16 years later, and we understand that these events are still etched in our memory uh, because they were life-altering. We didn't feel them uh, per se, but we understand them, and we understand the magnitude. I believe that God is preparing uh, to do the same thing in the spirit realm through a supernatural shift, or if I can say it this way, a mega thrust. Amen. I'm not coming to hype us up today. I'm just I'm just here to say this word to us, and, and the song really was a confirmation that God is going to be moving nations. This mega thrust has been, uh, I believe, uh, collecting energy and pressure for a long time. Not 200 years, but how about 2,000 years? Because you and I, the Bible says, are getting ready to experience the latter rain and the former rain together. Amen. Not just a few tremors. We've been feeling tremors. Uh, the revival we've been experiencing is just little tremors. But there is something that is uh, releasing energy. Amen. In the invisible realm uh, that's about to manifest itself uh, in the visible realm uh, in the way of a tsunami of revival. The church age needs to be preparing for this dynamic move of God's spirit. All of God's moving, all that he's done, the miracles that we could tell about in this house, we don't discount that and say, well, that wasn't a move of God. But what it is, it pales in comparison to what's about to hit. You see, the deception is, is people, the Bible says, oh, the Lord, you know, he delays his coming. Uh, where is the promise of his coming? That's what he said they'd be saying in the last days. But I've got news for you. Amen. I am never going to be a person that says, well, the best is behind us. Uh, it's just batting down the hatches. Uh, Told the fort till Jesus comes. Uh, we're going to limp across the finish line with a few of us uh, faithful people. Absolutely not. Uh, if that's your concept, uh, you got a wrong concept because God is going to come back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It's going to be in a thriving revival and collection of harvest of the earth. What we saw just a few minutes ago in the natural realm has a parallel in the spiritual realm. A brand new move of God's spirit. A spiritual mega thrust is coming upon the church. It will radically change the lives of believers and move them into the fullness of what God intends for them to have. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe that. Well, the storm will reveal who believes it. Amen. You have the choice not to believe it, but, amen, you will be swept away in the undertow of the very same move that others will be elevated in. church of Jesus Christ will enter into a new spiritual dimension whereby God will release his supernatural. I'm pro prophesying today. I'm preaching prophetically today about what's coming. Amen. I, I, I don't know that we're walking in it just yet, but it's coming. Amen. I believe that the release of the anointing of God is elevating the church now. There's nothing anyone could do to stop it. You don't stop a mega thrust. You don't slow it down. You don't control it. You don't put up barriers. When the mega thrust happened under the surface of the ocean, miles offshore, amen, it caused the waves to raise up and begin moving toward land. And you had to either prepare for it or get taken out by it. 
So what we can hear and see in the spirit realm is this. Uh, there is a mega thrust coming to the earth, uh, and the Lord is giving out the warning signs. Uh, amen. They say there was no warning sign for that. Well, guess what? He's looking for people in the church that will raise up and say, get ready because this is what's coming. Uh, be prepared for it uh, because God is going to come back, uh, and he is going to reap the harvest of the earth. This will occur in conjunction with the preaching of the gospel. I'm preaching Bible today. He said the whole earth is going to hear before, before the Lord returns. The whole earth. I was talking to the Nashes and they were in Fiji, but there's this little island, there's this little region that to their knowledge and to our knowledge and to people that they've talked to, uh, not just them, but but spiritual church-wide leaders, uh, evangelicals even agree that this portion of the world has not yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. They're excited because the potential is there for them to possibly get to go to that region of the earth and preach the gospel. You see, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but he's not going to come back until every person has had the chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to decide whether they want to be a part of it. One true light in the midst of widespread spiritual darkness, upheaval, and distress is the church. There are undeniable records of supernatural power throughout the Word of God. God's miraculous power is not limited to an era of miracles. I'm going to say it again. God's supernatural power is not limited to an era of of miracles as some people might think. He is the eternal, almighty, sovereign God who has never changed from the day God created the heavens and the earth until right now. Awesome miracles, signs, and wonders have testified of his unlimited supernatural power. If God's ever touched you with a miracle of healing, would you raise your hand? If he's ever touched your body, if he's taken you off of drugs and delivered you or put a marriage together, a relationship, that's a miracle, praise God. That is a miracle, praise God. He's still doing miracles all across this house, but amen, he is not limited to what he has done or what he is doing, but there is a supernatural release that's about to hit this world that I believe is going to supersede them all. From creation, the design and the formation of this universe and humanity is a miracle. Just read it this week. Read Genesis 1 again. What an encouraging report, an account. The creation of God's chosen people out of the miracle child Isaac. All of that was a miracle. The deliverance of the Israelites from the Egyptian bondage through miraculous signs and plagues. Uh, the miraculous healings uh, manifested through the prophets Elijah and Elisha. The miracles and signs manifest through Jesus' ministry here on earth. Uh, the resurrection from, uh, from the dead of Jesus Christ after his sacrifice on the cross. Uh, the miracles manifest through his leaders, uh, the disciples and his followers, the believers in the early church. The miracles worked through spirit-led believers over the last 2,000 years. Those are miracles, praise God. But God is not locked into being a God of the past, a God of yesteryear, and a God of who used to be. But God is still God, and God alone, and he is not limited to his past. The awesome miracles, signs, and wonders were that he manifests through Moses on behalf of the children of Israel, delivering them out of Egyptian bondage. During their 40 years from Egypt to the promised land, parting the sea, raining manna down from heaven, causing water to gush out of a rock, You see, we're so used to hearing it. 
When's the last time you walked by a big rock with just a river flowing out of it? Revealing his power and glory on Mount Sinai in a fiery smoke, speaking to the Israelites with an audible voice, writing the Ten Commandments with his very finger, leading his people through the wilderness with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, supernaturally providing for them and preventing their clothes and shoes from wearing out. Any husbands got an amen? I wear my shoes out, but like wear them out, not wear them out. I'll get off of it. It's, it's going over the head today. Forty years, never visited DSW. Never went to TJ Maxx one time. Just the miracles that are associated with the prophets Elijah and Elisha were amazing. Elisha shutting up the heavens so there was no rain for three and a half years. Then Elijah calling fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice on the altar, proving Jehovah was the only true and living God. Elijah raising the young boy from the dead. Both Elijah and Elisha parting the Jordan River. Elisha prophesying and a woman's barren womb being opened. Uh, amen. We, 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 we limit this to the Bible, but I'm telling you the Lord is doing it now. He's still the God of the miraculous. Praise God. Elisha raising the woman's son from the dead. Elisha involved in the healing of Naaman's leprosy. Amen. Elisha causing an axe head to swim. I said an axe head to swim. Jesus Christ and his miracles throughout the New Testament this is powerful, and we're recounting this because uh, this is the this is what uh, we have built ourselves on. This is what we have been exposed to, Amen. But there is more coming. Jesus opened blind eyes, causing deaf and mute to hear and speak. He cleansed lepers and he healed the lame. He cast out demons and raised the dead. Jesus multiplied the five loaves and the two fish. Amen. And he fed 5,000 people plus uh, women and children. Amen. Calming the raging winds and sea and walking on water. Peter healing and raising the dead. Even his shadow bringing healing to the sick. Peter's supernatural deliverance from prison by an angel of the Lord while the saints prayed for his deliverance. Other apostles manifesting signs and wonders such as Philip performing mighty miracles and casting out demons. Paul healing a man crippled from birth and raising a man from the dead. He was bitten by a viper but he shook it off and it never fazed him. I'm talking about miracles. Your Bible's full of miracles. Our past is full of miracles. Uh, why would we get to this point and juncture in the thing uh, and think that the miracles have dried up uh, and God is finished uh, with what he's always been? Uh, I'm telling you, I serve a God of the miraculous uh, and there's nothing he cannot do uh, and there's nothing he won't do uh, if you will believe him and trust him. Uh, there's a mega thrust uh, that's shaking the earth. Uh, there's a tsunami that's going to hit the earth. Praise God, as wonderful and miraculous as these miracles have been, God does not limit himself to specific manifestations or methods. Prior to Peter's shadow healing that man and, and the cloths from Paul's garments, uh, amen, healing that man, uh, amen, there was no precedent for those miracles. We anoint claws, and that's okay. I do it myself. We've got some over here, but God's not in a box uh, to say you got to do it like Paul did it. Uh, amen. God is free to do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants to do it. We cannot limit his working only to the kinds of miracles uh, he's demonstrated in the past. This includes the significant outpouring of his spirit 
at the first great awakening in the 1800s and the manifestation of power that was so looked on, amen, with amazement at Azusa Street at the turn of the century, 1900s and 1905, 1915, the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism, hit the earth. You say, where was it? It was, it was, under, the, it was under the surface. I don't believe there was a time where no one was filled with the Holy Ghost and no one was baptized in Jesus' name. But I'm talking about a wave hit. There was a release of revelation that came to the earth in these times and seasons. Healing revival of the 50s. Let me just take a second here and tell you that that was killed by people. Why would God stop it? It was killed when doubters got it. I'll go on. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord is going to release something so amazing that not a doubter can quench it. It's going to sweep the earth. Both believer and unbeliever are going to have to take note of it because it's going to shake their world. Churches will pay attention. You'll either close your doors or have to build a new building because of where, how you believe what's going to hit this earth. If you're filled with doubt, you're going to get what you want and what you're looking for. But if you're filled with faith, get ready. It's going to sweep across your family. It's going to sweep across the church. It's going to sweep across the earth. No devil in hell is going to stop it. No doubter, no scorner, no there is a move of the Holy Ghost coming to the earth a fresh outpouring a tsunami a mega thrust I'm not just preaching for today I'm not just preaching for a response today. If you respond to the word, great. If God touches you, great. But I'm here to tell you and proclaim and declare what God's word says. Uh, Amen. It's coming uh, and it's coming in proportion like we've never seen before. Demonstration of signs and wonders, uh, amen, are coming to the earth and miracles uh, that there will be no comprehension between the miracles God performed thousands of years ago and the miracles he will do in this end time hour. God still chooses to work miracles on behalf of those who reach out in faith and believe his promises. He's going to do even more than he did before. Some of you don't know who Billy Cole is. He might as well be a politician to some of you, but he's an apostle of God. He was. He's gone now. But he was just a a forerunner to this type of mega thrust that God has in store for the end times. He's living proof. And one day, 100,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One day in Ethiopia. It's not an exaggeration. There were a million people present that day. Amen. A hundred thousand, and that's conservative, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time that day. Amen. That that crusade was going on. The dead were raised. Uh, people received eyes in their socket. Limbs grew out. Uh, why? It's on video. It's documented. It's not just hearsay. Why? I, amen. Because God is saying to us, uh, I believe that is the thing that was happening. Uh, amen. Under the surface, the mega thrust, uh, the energy, not just energy. I don't like that word when it's compared to the anointing and the moving of the Spirit of God, but the energy released from that move of God's Spirit, uh, amen, shook that region, uh, and it forever changed that region, but it's just a sign to you and I that God is going to do some things in the last days uh, that are going to blow our mind. Uh, I've said it for a long time. I might as well be crazy today. I 
I believe, I still believe that Ohio Stadium can be filled with people. Amen. And a big outdoor uh, concert, apostolic uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. I'm not talking about watered down. Uh, come receive a card and join the church. I'm talking about filled with people that need the Holy Ghost, uh, need healings, uh, need miracles uh, that walk out uh, with more than a wind to cheer about, uh, but they walk out with eternal life in them. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you better understand there's a God who is in charge and he's big enough to do it. In the 20th century, we witnessed, I wasn't alive and many of you weren't alive, but we know it happened in our general lifetime as a sign to us that Christ's coming is near. The rebirth of the nation of Israel. The regathering of millions of Jews to Israel from around the world after World War II in fulfillment of prophecies. It was promises given to Israel thousands of years ago and God supernaturally manifested His power to Israel, the nation of Israel is a living testimony to the fact that God is still manifesting his miracle power. And I don't care how many thousands of years that prophecy's been laying there. Amen. God is in control of bringing every word to pass that he has promised us. It's one of the greatest signs and wonders ever manifested to the world. Listen to Isaiah 66, 7 and 8. Uh, amen. It says this, Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. It may have looked like thousands of years, but when God was ready, amen, one night, uh, one night on May 14th, uh, 1948 in Tel Aviv, Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion proudly announced the establishment of the state of Israel. You know what that means? Between one sunset and one sunrise, uh, amen, God's prophetic miracle happened in one 24-hour span of time. Don't you think God's got to do something that takes decades of time to accomplish? When he's ready to do it, it doesn't take him long to do it. It's going to happen. Don't get caught in this doubt. And don't get caught in this, where is his coming? God is going to do it, and we're going to see it. Only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. Primary sign of Jesus coming is found in Matthew 24. He answered the disciples' question. What will be the sign of your coming in the end of the world? Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. That word sign in verse 3 is translated from the Greek word simeon, which refers to miraculous acts. I'm slowing down back into, I'm bringing it into teach gear. Miraculous acts. Visible demonstrations of God's power and authority. All that word sign. Manifestations of healing, deliverance, and other miracles will accompany and affirm the spoken word of the gospel as witness to the world. What, what will be the sign of your coming? 
oh, there's going to be a lot of miracles. Oh, there's going to be uh, manifestations of healing and deliverance. Uh, oh, yeah, there's going to be many things that affirm my word, power and authority released and miraculous acts, visible demonstrations that are undeniable to every critic, every agnostic, every atheist. Praise God. God will pour out a spirit and supernatural power to enable the church to fulfill the spiritual destiny of its end time generation that's going to evangelize this world before Jesus comes. Uh, miracles will accompany the preaching of the gospel as an end time witness. You see, this pressure is not on me. The pressure is not on this this pulpit or this platform. Amen. We're just waiting for God. And, and I don't say this as an excuse or an alibi, but I'm just going to keep preaching faith. Uh, we're just going to keep preaching. And God's been healing. God does miracles. Uh, we've got babies born. We've got wombs that have come to life. Uh, we've got bones that have been straightened that the doctor said will never. Yes, miracles are happening, but I'm telling you, it's just going to intensify and it's going to, it's going to crescendo as the Lord's coming is near. Why? Because he's raising up a witness in the earth uh, that cannot be denied. You and I must move. Everyone say, must move. Turn to your neighbor and say, we must move. It's not an option. If you're part of the apostolic church, this is not a club. This is not about coming together and patting each other on the back and saying, oh, how are you this week? Uh, we need to be friendly, yes. I'm saying that we're a part of something much bigger than that. We must be spiritually awake and attuned to what God is doing beneath the surface because what he's doing beneath the surface is about to manifest and you and I must move with the coming wave of his spiritual power that will be a fulfillment and sign in the last hours. can't be overcome by it or left out of it. We've got to be in it. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. Thank you. The church is... Can, can I just be honest for a second? The church is lagging a little bit behind what God's doing. Not shaming us. But are we in full sync with where God is right now? Has the pandemic just been a little inconvenience thing? Has it interrupted our daily schedules and has it caused inflation and has it caused bad service at the restaurants and has it caused gas prices to go up? And If we're focused on that, we've missed it. We're not in sync with what Jesus is doing any more than the Pharisees were when he came. How oft would I have gathered you, but you would not. You were not in sync with me. You weren't seeing like I saw. You didn't see me for who I was. And it's possible to be the right people, but not have the right vision. I believe that in our current state, somewhere we're not getting the job done. Pardon me, but I'm just going to say a few things. Our cities and nations are infested with demonic forces and satanic strongholds. A stronghold is any place where Satan takes up resident and exalts himself above the will and the plans and the purposes of God. Millions of people are bound by powers of darkness and face horrors of war, poverty, death, and destruction. Thousands of people groups, people, all kinds of people have yet to be reached with 
the good news of Jesus Christ. Why are we doing a community day? Not to have something to keep you busy. Two weeks ago, we had 300 kids, I don't know, six to nine, out here at a soccer clinic. Yahtzee's his name. He's a professional soccer player from uh, Eastern Europe. Two or three years ago or longer than that, he stopped by the church and said, hey, this is what I do. Uh, would you mind letting us come and use the property to train these kids for soccer? I said, well, absolutely. We just need to sign off on the liability. We'd be happy to accommodate you. And uh one thing led to another. I didn't see him for a few years, but here they were that last year and then this two weeks ago. Some of you might have seen them, but there were hundreds of kids and hundreds of parents. Uh, both parking lots were filled with cars. Uh, you say, where's the fruit? Where are they? Well, I don't know yet, but I do know that they pulled on this property and we've got intercessors that pray when people pull on the property that God leaves with them, that the Spirit of God impacts them, that something hits their mind. And so I have to believe that God is allowing us to have people on our property to expose them to an opportunity to say apostolic. Huh, what's that? Turn point. Yeah, I need that in my life. What is this community day about? It's not just to be busy. It's to be salt and light so that people pull in here without answers, that need miracles, that have smiley faces, some of them. Some of them are hurting so deeply you can just look at them and see the pain, the emptiness. Think they're coming for a car show and a hot dog and bounce around in the house for a few days. No, they're coming to rub elbows with the body of Christ. I was thinking about it this week. Boy, it's getting late. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry I'm running out of time. That's what I'm sorry about. Jesus didn't care about what people said about him. He said he was a wine bipper. He was a friend of publicans and sinners. You know who was saying that? The goody, the goodies that were fixed up, but they were full of dead men's bones. They didn't know they were supposed to be there with Jesus trying to win that person, affect that person. They could only criticize. Something must happen in the church. I'm not talking just about this church. I am talking about us, but the church world. To bring it to the position of power that Jesus intended for it to be in. God is going to prepare the church to fulfill His purpose and bring the greatest harvest of souls in the history of the human race. There's more people alive now than has ever lived. And we're closer to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. You tell me these are two point, two lines coming together for a mega thrust. This energy that's been tied up, bound up, this revival that's been coming. Amen. God is saying, I'm about to shake it loose uh, and it's about to hit the earth uh, and it's about to do something to the earth. Uh, it's going to knock the earth off its axis. Uh, it's going to be felt. Uh, you're not going to be able to deny it uh, because I am going to let it touch this world, it's a new season. 
I don't know if you remember, but when the pandemic started, I felt like the Lord was putting us in a cocoon. Going in a caterpillar, an earth dweller, a crawler, earthy minded, carnal minded. The church has gotten away from what it's supposed to be. But when, when it's over, he's wanting us to burst out of that cocoon as butterflies, spiritually minded, released into the spirit realm like we've never been. Are we there yet? I don't know. I don't think we're where God wants us. God wants to set things in order. He's going to do it. We will be equipped and prepared to walk in the supernatural. I don't know about you, but we're preparing. We're preparing. That's why hell doesn't like it. But you know what? Hell's just going to have to accept it. Because they can't prevent it. And they can't prevail against it. The church of God is an offensive force in the earth. Uh, all you could do is run. I got news for the enemy. Amen. All he can do is run. You saw the people on that video when they saw the wave coming. There wasn't any kind of put up the sandbags. We're going to hold off the flooding. Absolutely not. They were running for their lives. And I wish we could see in the spirit realm what the enemy senses in the spirit realm. They know what's being released. They know what's coming because they know the presence of God is able to cast them out like lightning. Amen. And them hit the earth with a thud. Amen. If they did that, the Lord is certainly going to do what his word said. And that is... I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will dream dreams, uh, see visions and your old men will dream dreams. There is a, a revival coming that is going to be wide world felt. Maybe you feel I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. How can I be used God to, to work miracles for his purpose? Think of the miracles God did in connection with the prophet Elijah. Why Elijah? Because in James it says he was a man of like passions. He was just like us. We got to get our head and our thinking changed to understand that God can use us. Turn to somebody and point at them. I know it's not polite, but say, God can use you. God wants to use you. We make this hard, but God is trying to bring revelation to us today that he wants you to lay hands on the sick and have them recover. He wants you to lay hands on the distraught and have their minds be blanketed with peace. He wants us to be out in the streets, uh, amen, being salt and light, uh, amen. God desires to use everyday men and women, uh, factory workers, business owners. Uh, it doesn't matter what your occupation is. Uh, he wants to use you where you are because he is trying to affect uh, the entire world. Don't say, let me call my my pastor let me call my pastor's wife we got to get ourselves right we got to get our own minds right so that we can help somebody else get their mind right God's raising us to a new level of spiritual maturity and authority you would be an unfit parent if you handed your child an electric carving knife at the age of three. For those of you that target, shoot, or hunt, you would be an unfit parent if you passed your child a gun when they were not trained in safety. And God is not an unfit God. He's not handing us something that we haven't prepared for. But the call of the Spirit is... Uh 
it's time and I need you to step on board with where I am. I need you to get in sync with me. The Bible says in John that the wind bloweth where it listeth uh, and so is everyone that is led by the Spirit of God. You can't be led by the Spirit of God and have a carnal mind dictating your thought life. Uh, Amen. God is saying to us, uh, I need you to bring that mind to me and surrender it. uh, Amen. And get out of conformity.